some of us are faced with the idea that we don't know what we're doing. And some of us think we know what we're doing, but in all reality, everyone around us knows that we don't know what we're doing. And in this search for knowledge of where our life should be going and what we should be doing, or maybe this, even the search for significance, the search for value, the search for purpose and life, we have some tangled messes that we get ourselves into. A lot like fishing. Fishing, we think we know what we're doing, we think we have the right idea, but what usually happens is uh, we get into tangled messes. I think So today, we want to talk about life at the lake and what it looks like when we're fishing in the wrong spot. What if all we have to do is change our location, change some mindsets, and a whole world will change. Shameless use of my children, I understand. <laughs> but uh, so we're starting a uh, adventure together this this summer. Uh, it's called Life at the Lake, and what we're going to be doing is examining different aspects of Jesus' teaching around the Sea of Galilee. So we'll be uh, talking about all, a lot of the classics: walking on water, uh, feeding the five thousand, uh, all these kinds of. The classic stories, but hopefully looking at them in a fresh new way that will uh, change maybe our perceptions of what's going on there with Jesus' teaching around the Sea of Galilee. Uh, so each, each week will uh, be standalone messages, so they're wonderful uh, to feel free to invite your friends uh, to any of uh, the weeks that we have planned. I, I'm, I'm so excited about this. I already have next week's message written. Which, and outlined, which for me, that's like a minor miracle. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited. I'm just so excited about all the things that God has been showing me through this and uh, trying to encapsulate that to go, here you go. This is what I've been learning. Uh, and I'm, I'm so excited about that. And I hope you can uh, catch on to some of that excitement um, and spread it uh, to the people in your life. Uh, so today we're going to talk about Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. This is the calling of the first disciples, and as you turn in your Bibles to there, um, just give you a chance to do that. I am, I'm, just, I'm just thrilled with this whole idea of just walking through the Sea of Galilee with Jesus. When I was 18, I had the opportunity to go there, and it drastically changed my perception of what all these, before that, these were just stories, and then after that, they became real places and for real people. Uh, and so maybe, hopefully, for some of us this summer, we can make that change from just reading about these stories to going into actually interacting with them, and they have uh, impact in our lives. All right, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, or Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around them and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of their boats, 
the one belonging to Simon, and asked them to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deeper water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, or rabbi, teacher, or who do you think you are? We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full they both began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. Now, I have this idea in my head. I watch Deadliest Catch. I love this show. I have, like, personal relationships, I feel like, with all the, all the guys on these boats. And, uh, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched this show, but one of the guys, uh, his sister, little sister, 12-year-old, had rheumatoid arthritis, and she passed away during the show while he was on the boat. There may or may not have been tears at that moment. Uh, I'll leave that to your own discretion. But like, you, I get so invested in these guys and their, their fight. So I have, you know, Edgar, if you watch the show. This is my Peter for me. Um, and, and basically, Jesus walks up to Edgar and says, Hey, why don't you put the crab pots on the other side of the boat? And he does it. This is how ridiculous this whole asking is. He's like, I'm a professional. This is what I do. You're a carpenter, sir. Why are you telling me what to do? And so this, this whole episode, if you imagine, these are fishermen. And so the, the, the bleh, I can't talk. The insight into the deadliest catch crews is what I, I'm starting to think of is what these disciples guys would have looked like when they first caught. Those are some rough individuals. Right? Those are some, they've got some issues. This is not who I would be like, oh, I'm going to plant a church. Let's go get these guys. <laughs> right? That's not my, my A-team. No. But that's who Jesus is walking up to and commandeering their boats and saying, all right, let's do something fun here. Come on, Peter. That's, that's, that's what's going on here. So maybe that puts it into a different light for you. Maybe you haven't ever thought of it that, that way. And maybe you need to, you're like, I don't know what Dudley's catch is. So you're just weird, Jared. Understand. This idea of, of Jesus is entering into their world to change it for the better. I mean, is there anything more frustrating than being a fisherman who doesn't catch any fish? Right? All night long, they're working their tails off. Nothing. 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 And at this point, at somewhere, probably around 3 or 4 in the morning, you're going, I really need a different job. Right? This, this is not worth it. And some of us find ourselves in our own careers, and we find ourselves in our own lives, and, uh, and wherever we're at, we're kind of going, what are we doing right now? What is this? What is going on? I've got to look at this differently. And I think Jesus finds them in that moment of vulnerability, that moment of reevaluation, because there's just nothing more frustrating than that. I experienced this uh, last week. As I told you, I learned how to fish from YouTube. 
I was, the, the, the lake is really, uh, really clear right now because uh, there, it's been so cold there hasn't been very many boats on it. And so I'm fishing and I see this bass. I can see it right there. And so I'm like, well, you know, I put the, just, I don't want to put a pink dress on my lure or whatever, whatever's going to attract his attention. It's like, come on, buddy. It goes, like six inches from his head. Nothing. Do it again. I, nothing. I'm like, buddy, I can't, I can't get, can't get any better than closer than this. I can see you. I can see the lure going right next to your head. I'm like trying to hit him and catch him maybe on the side with the hook. It's not working. And I got a feeling that's just the most frustrating thing in the world. It's like, I just want to catch a fish. Think about these fishermen. That's what they're doing all night long. And maybe that same feeling kind of gets in your life. I've had that feeling when I was selling uh, different things and working different jobs. It's just like, oh, there's got to be this. Is, I'm trying to do this the best I possibly can. And there's got to be something better out there. Or this has got to be better in some way. Maybe you can follow along with that. Maybe retirement isn't looking the way that you thought it would. Maybe you're looking at motherhood isn't the way you thought it would look. Maybe your job is not the way you thought it would look. Just So the thought today, the main idea is you are one cast away from being in the place God has for you. You're just one cast away from being in the place God had for you. These guys are fishing all the time on, let's just say, the left side of the boat. I know that's nautically incorrect, but get over <laughs> So starboard maybe i don't know uh but you're throwing the nets over throwing the nets over throwing the nets over they were only one cast away from putting on the right side to catching the catch of their life you as well are only one cast away from being in the place god has for you i have some fishing poles here that taught me some lessons some of these are my fishing poles, and some of them are my dad's fishing poles. You can tell we're avid fishermen, right? Because if you fish a lot, your fishing poles look like this as well, right? Anybody who fishes is going, that is not appropriate. <laughs> Anyone who was a father and took their child out fishing understand what happened. <laughs> right? These have been moved all over the country? Together. Together? <laughs> In a cluster? It usually goes like this. And they also get this way after a day of not catching anything. You just throw them in there because you're like, they're not worth anything to me. Anyway, these are the fishing poles we have. And I thought these fishing poles all clumped together. When I was writing the message, I thought of these. I was like, I wonder if they're all still together in Dad's garage. Guess what? They were. This was not staged. I did not tangle anything on purpose for... No hooks no, for, for an object lesson. This is just the way they've been for probably five, six years. But I thought, this is a, the exact way in which I feel like my life is when I'm fishing in the wrong spot. When, I, when my life is, is, is going upon and I'm just doing whatever I'm doing and I just feel more tangled and more tangled and more tangled. I'm a bundle of potential. I'm a bundle of life you know, sustaining. I could, with these things, I could feed my family but you can't feed anybody when your fishing pole feels, it looks like that, right? And sometimes inside, in the way in which our emotions are, in the way our attitudes are, we just feel like a bunch of just tangled mess. So for God to change us, today's all about how that, that casting and that changing happens. For God to change us in our life in a meaningful way, 
We need something different. We have to understand that we need something different. We need to choose and need to awaken to the idea that we need God in our lives like we need water, air, and food. We need it. And until we understand that we actually need God, nothing will change. We have to want something different. We have to want it to actually be different. For me, I, I, I can recognize that I need God in my life, but a lot of the times maybe I don't want what that means for how I live. We have to want something different. I can want something different in fishing all I want, but if my life looks like this, I'm not going to catch anything. Could you imagine if you went down to the river today and tried to catch? It'd be dark before I got that untangled. You know, what I'm going to have to do is cut all the lines and just start over again. We have to do something different. We have to take responsibility for our own faith and our own relationship with God. I found it was interesting as I was thinking about these fishing poles was that I've let my dad take responsibility for all this. That's not fair. Half those are, <laughs> half those are mine. I, I, let my, I kept them in my dad's house. <laughs> so many of us think, oh, well, my parents' faith is enough for me. And we don't want to take responsibility for our own actions, take responsibility for our own faith, take our, our, own, our responsibility for how we are casting. We want to always leave it up for someone else to bear that responsibility for us. You've got to do something different. Jesus does a few things to shake up the disciples. He does a few things to draw them into this need, want, do something different. He does a few things that drastically change the narrative of their lives. And a few things that really, really just blanketly maybe aren't appropriate for a regular relationship. But they're also things that God is wanting to do in your own life. And you've got to allow these things to happen in your life if you want the casting to be in the right spot. First thing is Christ invades their space. Did you catch that in the verse? He got into one of their boats. It doesn't say he was invited. If you're a captain, that's your own little world. That is your spot. No one gets to do whatever. You know, you go to talk to, you know, Jonathan Hillstrand about, hey, I'm just going to jump on your boat real quick. If you watch Deadly's Catch, you know what I'm talking about. You might get shot. And that's not a joke. <laughs> so, you talk to these guys, you're not going to get on somebody's boat. Now, these boats would probably have been about the size of this lower step, um, probably 12 feet long. Two guys are standing on it. These are not huge boats. This is just a normal little... Um, they still have boats that look like this out on the Sea of Galilee. They're really kind of cool to see. It takes you back 2,000 years, and you're like, wow, they're still doing it that way. And so these boats are just kind of glorified... Um, Little or yeah, dinghies or or uh, driven uh, things maybe had a sail uh, on them, but not that big. And so, what they're doing is is just going out there. So Jesus jumps on board. 
And I can just imagine Peter sitting there tying his nets from last night, grumbling over how frustrated he is. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, will you take me out a little ways? What? And this is before coffee. Right? He's been up all night. You don't get Starbucks. <laughs> so, what? And, so, and, then he's, and then this is the bad thing. He's got to pay attention the whole time. Right? Because if he's out in the boat with Jesus sitting there, he can't just fall asleep. He's kind of be like, oh, okay. Because if he's doing the whole snoring thing, Jesus is going to smack him and knock him in the water or something. I don't know. That's my own paraphrase version. As I read the Bible, those are the notes that I take. Um, but Christ invades their space. Jesus basically pulls a pirate action and takes over the boat. In our lives, we have the choice. Do we let our boat be commandeered by Christ? We have to be willing to let Christ take fully over it and tell us where to steal, to steer. Do you hear that? Christ says, hey, I'm getting in your boat. Then he says, go, go over here. And Peter has an option. This whole thing, Peter being the disciple, the rock in which the church is going to be built, hangs in this balance. Peter can say, uh, get off my boat. Or he can choose to participate in the greatest story that's ever going to be told. It's that moment. And it's that moment of saying, okay, I'm going to let you lead me. For some of us, we're there today and we have to, Christ has been knocking at our hearts. Christ has been a kind of, he's standing at the beach and we have the decision, are we going to let him tell us where to steer or not? The second thing Christ does, he asks them to be, to do the unreasonable. After he's been preaching all day, he must have earned some street cred with these guys after the things that he said that day. He must have really piqued their interest into this. But because then he says something crazy, he says, hey, why don't you cast your nets over there on the other side? Now, this is really a silly thing to do. This is basically like me following Paul around while he's on his job and me telling him how to fix the things at McDonald's. All right. Jesus is a carpenter. He is not a fisherman. He grew up miles away from water. He lives in the mountains, in the hills. He is totally out of his element, as I would be telling Paul how to do anything, fixing it. I'd be like, hey, use a screwdriver for that, Jared. I need a hammer. It'll work. <laughs> you know? That's basically how that would go. And so Jesus is saying, listen, cast your nets on the other side. Let me tell you why that's just a silly idea. The nets they use and why they fish at night is because these nets are huge diameter thick ropes. There's not the thin filament that we use in fishing. So they throw them at night, and the thought was the fish couldn't see the ropes at night because there wasn't any, um, any light for them to see it. And so these, these would be big nets, and they'd throw them out and then kind of dredge the bottom with it for a little bit, and then they'd kind of work and, and do it again. So these are big honking things. And that's, that's how this would work. So it wasn't kind of a... Um, a sometimes we put our own ideas of what nets would have looked like on theirs. But theirs would have been in this thick rope and very visible. And, and so Peter's kind of going, buddy, that's not how this works. We fish at night. These nets are... This is... Okay, whatever. This guy. You know, and he throws them over. So Jesus is asking unreasonable things. And in the unreasonable, the miracle happens. 
Not because, it's because Jesus is asking a question of obedience. Will you follow me in this? You just heard me teach. And it's kind of a test of discipleship, is it not? These are the guys I'm going to choose. Will they follow me just in this simple little thing here at the beginning? The third thing Christ does is he blesses their trust and humility. They are blessed when they obey. You imagine you haven't caught anything all night long. They throw those nets in. They start pulling it up and they start to break because there's so much fish in there. Their boats are about to sink. That's a lot. Think about it. These are the same boats that all 12 of the disciples will be on and they're panicking when there's a storm later. Like, so if they've got 12 guys, 13 guys in this boat and that's not rocking it, that's not sinking the boat, but the amount of fish that's going on, that's a lot of fish. They are blessed when they obey. There's a couple of things that scholars think that uh, maybe this, the reasoning behind this miraculous catch. To cement to these guys, he enters their world. He enters their world, the thing they know, and says, listen, I can make that even better. Here's a carpenter. They know he knows nothing about fishing, and he can do this. Okay, this guy's got something going on. There's, there's a second a part to that is that some people think that they use the sail maybe of, these, uh, of the fishing nets and the, and the fish there to bankroll Jesus' ministry uh, for the next few, a uh, little bit while he's around the Sea of Galilee. This is like a, a windfall, if you will. Okay, now we can sell these fish at the market and we've got some money because they're going to be without jobs for a while. And this is one of the things that uh, maybe would have bankrolled that. Um, or thirdly, they think this was the money because the men were leaving. This, is, this generated the funds to give to the family. Remember, Peter is married. Um, nothing makes your mother-in-law happier. Well, Jesus, maybe this is why Jesus had to heal her. It's, just like, it's okay if Peter goes with me. Um, that happens later in the scripture. But uh, he, he says, all right, here's, some, here's the money from all this cast. Go sell it. And come home. I'm leaving, honey. Here's some money. Whoop. I'm going to go follow some guy that met me today at the lake. How'd that conversation go, right? It would have been a lot easier with a lot of money to hand it over to her. Christ blesses their trust and humility as he, can, as he will bless our trust and our humility. That's when he does bless us. As when we realize we don't know what's going on, when we realize we don't have all the answers, that's when the blessings come. And I'm not talking just financial blessings, although it might be. Blessings in our marriage, blessings at work, blessings in our relationships. Those come when we follow God with trust and humility. Fourth thing is Christ reframes their purpose. After showing them that life can be different, he sets them on a new purpose and plan. Think about that. He's been teaching all day long. And so he's been just, Jesus, anytime we read what his speeches, they're just laced with so much just mind-blowing information. These guys are probably sitting there. They got front row seats to this, this sermon going, whoa. And then he performs this miracle and they're just ready to, to go, okay, what, what am I going to do now? And he says, listen, you've been doing this. You've been fishing, but now 
I want you to fish for men. I've got something bigger for you. I've got something better for you. And all you have to do is follow after me. He reframes their purpose for us. Maybe we're at a point where it's time uh, to ask God to reframe our purpose. Lastly, I lost my place. I'm sorry. Casting in the right spot does not mean it's easy. I think often we think, well, if God's given me this purpose, then all the roads will be, you know, the speed bumps will be taken out and this is going to be smooth sailing. If you look at anybody in the scripture, if you look at anybody in the Bible, their road is not easy once they start on the purpose God sends, sends for them. It's basically Christ promises an adventure. <laughs> but he does, and no adventure is easy. Casting in the right spot does not mean it's easy. What happens when they cast in the right spot? They do exactly what Jesus says. Their boats are about to sink. Oh, great. This is wonderful. Oh, my goodness. We're going to drown. Think, think that's what happened. It wasn't just a, you know, oh, hunky-dory, let's take them out one at a time, and this is real easy work. No, those fish still weighed pounds. The nets still were breaking. The ships still were sinking. And sometimes in our lives, when we get on that road, maybe you're in a place where like, I, I, I thought I was where God wanted me to be, but everything seems really hard. You probably are exactly where God wants you to be. The difficulty in which you are in does not mean God has taken you, his hand away from you. It means you are on the cusp of doing something amazing. What it takes is to cast differently. I'm not asking you to get a different family, you know, a different, a different boat or location, just changing the side in which you're casting, just coming at it differently. And maybe that means our attitude and our mentality have to change a little bit. Because if you're always used to casting on this side, you're always used to casting on this side, you're always, you've been doing this way, and you're wondering why you're not getting any better results. Maybe it's time to reframe how we're looking at things and rethink how we're dealing with our spouse and rethink how we're dealing with work. How do we change the way in which we're casting? We're only one cast away from being exactly where God wants us to be. See, today, our response is this. We have to figure out how to cut these lines. And so this is part of what God's doing for us. I have no idea if these are actually going to come apart or not. But we've got to take, let God have the time and the authority to cut away the tangles we've made. And some of that and that tangled mess is just going to get messier and messier and messier and messier until we break free. Until we have a rod that we can use. Until we can cast with assurance that we're in the right spot. And maybe you're there today and you feel, as you look at these fishing poles, you're like, that's exactly how I feel my life is. 
Now, here's the deal about me cutting all these lines. I got some work to do, don't I? And I'm going to have a little four-year-old boy going, can we fish it? 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 And honestly, this four-year-old boy is probably why these are all so tangled. <laughs> but just in your life is when, you, when God starts this process in you, you're stepping into a whole lot of work. It's not easy. It's not going to be all hunky-dory. It's not going to be just flat, smooth sailing. It is work. But what we're doing is setting up the potential to reach our effectiveness. What we're setting up to do is going, now I can catch fish. Now I can be, and in our lives, now I can touch people's lives. Now I can do what God's always called me to do. Because I'm removing the things that are binding me. Maybe it's attitudes. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's people in our lives that we just need to snip. Maybe it's just dust on our Bibles. This is the fishing pole I caught my very first fish on. While I was in the bathroom. While I was in the bathroom? We'll tell that story for another day. Some of these fishing poles are legacy fishing poles. I think Adam said, You should have called me, I would have given you one made this century. My, uh, my, my great uncle gave my dad some of these fishing poles. These are older legacies. Some of us in our own lives have legacies that we've got to deal with. I'm, I'm dealing with uh, my uncle's tangles when I deal with that fishing rod. Some of you right now are dealing with passed on tangles that maybe your dad or your, your grandpa or your uncle or somebody else gave those tangles to you. And I'm telling you right now, you can snip those. Christ has the ability to free you from that. Christ is a great liberator, and he's ready and willing and wanting to set you on a whole new path. He's wanting you to find your purpose and your plan and wanting to walk with you. He makes no promises that that will be easy. He makes no assurances that that will be a, a walk in the park or just a little boat ride. But when I look at my life and I I think of the stuff I've gone through, when it looked like I was just all tangled up and just a big mess, casting in the right spot is liberating. Casting in the right spot gives me hope. Casting in the right spot gives me a vigor, gives me an identity that nothing else ever has. Maybe that finds you today. Maybe, maybe you find yourself in one of these spots where you need to let Christ in your boat. Maybe God's been asking you to do something unreasonable for a long time and you just haven't been letting him, haven't been letting him, haven't been letting him. Maybe it's time to let Christ do the unreasonable in your life. Maybe it's time to let Christ reframe your purpose. Maybe it's time when you're pulling in those nets and they're full and it's hard and it's messy and you feel like you're going to sink your boat. You just continue to trust God and say, God, am I doing the right thing? Yeah, bring it in. Am I doing the right thing? Pull harder. Am I doing the right thing? Pull harder. 
For some of us, maybe we just need that encouragement today. Some of us, maybe just need to step into that purpose for the very first time. I want to encourage you today to ask God to show you where you need to cut and show you how you need to get untangled and maybe show in your life where you can step into God's purpose and plan, where you need to cast. You're just one cast away from being in the place God has called you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. And Lord, as as we uh, think about our lives, and after a message like this, we have to think about all the things that have been tangling us up. God, I ask for you to show us how we can get untangled. God, maybe you don't even show us. I don't want it to be in my authority. I want it to be all you. Will you cut the strings that entangle my heart? Will you cut the cords and the ropes that are, that are tripping me up? God, I, I pray for a church with a, people who are on purpose. And they know they're casting in the right spot. And that, God, that when our nets look like they're going to break, we know that we're doing the right thing. God, I ask you to give us courage. Help us with our humility. God, we love you. We praise your name. Amen.